what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing people who tune in every single week uh, from the people who've been here since the beginning to my newer listeners, um, all of you guys. I, I always address our community as outliers, anti-status quoers, people going in and outside of the box and just saying like, all right, I'm going to figure this out my own way. Um, we have so many different people that follow along too, and that we feature uh, producers and artists and athletes and uh, innovators and hustlers and um, you know uh, CEOs and and techies. I mean, it's just a beautiful creative uh, community, and I'm really really appreciative of all of you guys that tune in every single week. And for my newer people, I always say, uh, t- as my audience will tell you, um, we don't glamorize or glorify end success because um, success is a very arbitrary word, and it can only be defined by you. Uh, and I'm very very adamant about letting anybody else define it for you or for me or for any of us, because uh, we're all here with a different purpose. And I think it's very very important to. Um, to express that because otherwise it can be very daunting and overwhelming if we're constantly tuning into everybody else online and to a lot of noise out there when most of those people are still trying to figure out who they are. So find it whatever works for you is really what I always say. For my newer people, uh, I'm Matt Gottesman. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you guys. Love the feedback. So if you you know feel inclined, please let me know. And of course, ratings and reviews definitely help expand the show. Uh, and uh, you can also find me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. And yes, I answer every single text and DM and reply and response. Everybody always asks me. I've been doing it for almost a decade. So if you think you're going to test me and you're going to you're going to win, you're going to lose. <laughs> if I was being really honest about that, uh, but I love it. I want you guys to reach out. And the only reason why I said this too is because recently um, a couple of people actually did in my DM say I'm just testing to see if you're going to answer. And I did, and they're like, you're really on it. Um, but this doesn't exist without community and that's the real reason, right? Cause it's not just me on this journey. We're all in this together while we're here. So, um, so I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And I've got another incredible, incredible, uh, guest, Tiana Bartolet, and she is a two time Olympian and author. She's a three time Olympic gold medalist, a three time world champion in track and field, specializing in long jump and hundred meter dash. She's also a certified yoga instructor and author. Um, okay, so I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody out there. I don't have time and I don't have this and, you know, I can't make this happen or whatever it is. I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> but but most importantly, because I, I, I love you guys, like, listen, um, we're going to be talking about resilience. It's a skill that must be honed in practice uh, by practice. Um, you know, uh, Tiana made a great point to me when we were talking um, before the show and through email about it's like like a muscle gets stronger the more you use it, right? Resilience. We're going to be talking heavily about resilience and discipline. It's not as bad as it is sometimes made out to be. It's just, um, I think, the greatest analogy I can give, and then we're going to get right into it, is that Resilience and discipline sound bad, I believe, when maybe you're currently doing activities or a job, just throwing that out there, that may not align with your soul. So the mere thought of doing something of discipline or in good habit or, uh, you know, resilience and consistency might scare the shit out of you. (laughs) It's very possible that could happen. And that would make sense, by the way. You wouldn't be crazy for that. But if you start to go inside and you start to seek something greater within you and you start to have a better relationship with yourself and start to actually be really honest about what it is that you want and what you want to try and you go out on a limb and you connect it to something different, discipline and resilience is a way different ball game, And it's actually what's going to keep you going, especially when you are the only one that thinks that this may work. <laughs> and everybody else thinks you may be crazy. By the way, for the record, give it anywhere from 18 months on up, people will all usually come around and be like, oh, wow, you really knew what you were doing, didn't you? Just keep going. Um, Tiana, thank you so much for being here and let me go on that quick rant. 
I am so excited and pumped for this conversation. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. Um, you know, I always say the first question is the same. That's uh, incredible. Being an Olympian is incredible. That is not an easy thing. Um, and it's a, it's, it's, it's a time, it's a dedication, it's a life, it's a sacrifice. You can go as far back as you want, but I would love for the audience to get this context of your background and, and, you know, how you got there, um, what that was like and, and where we are at now. Yeah. So I love this question because the story is slightly unusual. I was not this child prodigy type athlete. I did not display a ton of talent like my parents were really concerned about me because I was clumsy like I was just not there were no signs that I was going to be this amazing athlete but my mom vetoed me joining the wrestling team in the spring in middle school which left only the track team for me to join and so track won by default so that's how I got into the sport in the first place because my mom wouldn't let me wrestle then a few years after that my dad tells me me and your mom aren't going to pay for college. So uh, figure out how to get a scholarship. It could be academic or athletic, whatever you got to do, but get there for free because we're not paying. <laughs> and so he challenged me to that. And I ended up getting an academic and athletic scholarship to the University of Tennessee. But it was that moment that opened my eyes to the possibility that sport was a vehicle to get to another place, right? So then track and field became, this is the vehicle I can use to get to college. I was born and raised in Ohio, and I could not wait to get out. <laughs> I could <laughs> not wait to leave the state. And so I was like, my best sport is track and field. I wasn't good at volleyball. I wasn't that good at basketball. I was like, this is my best chance. I'm going to do what I need to do to focus here with intention and get good enough to get this scholarship. And so from almost the beginning, track and field was like a means to an end. And then when I got to college, I did what I needed to do in the classroom and on the track, you know, cause you wanna keep your money at that point. <laughs> cause back then they could take your money for yes, any reason. Ma'am. And I did not want to have that conversation with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but again, being deliberate and intentional every day, you know, with the schooling and the track work, I ended up winning a world championship title my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, now the world of professional athletics is knocking on my door, something I had not even considered or seen for me. And so each time I just kind of, just was in my lane focused on what was in front of me for the purposes of doing what I need to do in that moment and another door would open and I would just walk through that door. So I was a professional starting at 20 years old, I'm 35 now, I'll be 36 this summer. And it has always just been do the next right thing and see what happens. And so that is really the story of making two Olympics big teams. I mean, I'd failed to make two before that, but you take all of that experience and all of those lessons and you bring it to the next one. You don't lose the same way <laughs> and you don't win the same way twice, but you take all of that experience, put it in the pot and show up and keep showing up. And so that's kind of how we got here. I just one foot in front of the other. We, we're going to get into resilience a bunch. Believe me, the journey required a lot of that, but every day just doing the next right thing and it adds up to something fantastic. You always know when you're talking to somebody so humble and they're like, yeah, and, you know, and then the Olympics happened and then, you know, and then, <laughs> or yeah, the book came out or the Oscar, you know, <laughs> I love it. But you made such a very, very valid point about when you're saying like, you know, I was always just focused on, you know, this thing that's in front of me. Let me just understand and, and work with this. The rest will come. And I think that a lot of times people get very caught up. It happens to all of us. And it can still happen, even no matter how much we practice, getting caught up in a future that hasn't mm -hmm. been shaped yet. And it's not even going to be shaped except for by what we do right here <laughs> in, a, in exactly. our present state, you know, um, which uh, so for the audience, uh, I looked it up. But, you know, which uh, for which which Olympics were you in? I made the 2012 Olympic team, which went to London mm -hmm. and the 2016 team that went to Rio. Mm. Incredible, incredible. Um, you want to keep running? <laughs> I am actually yeah. um, headed to the Olympic trials 
on Monday. Nice. So yeah, I uh, keep running. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> you have to you have to text me and be like, hey, hey, this is happening. Or we'll like I'll I'll then put it to the audience. Like we you have to have a whole team at your back. I'm sure you already have everybody oh, following absolutely. you. Absolutely. But like we, I want to we want to follow along. <laughs> yeah, so, you can't you, you can't know. have too many cheerleaders and no. supporters for an event like this because you're in the arena yeah. by yourself physically, but yeah. you bring that whole village with you and yeah. you basically call on the strength of them too. Because to be honest, sure, I'm an elite athlete. Sure, I have all these medals, but I'm scared shitless on the yeah. start line. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the <laughs> adrenaline. I could, I could imagine. But that adrenaline is probably like just pumping and you yeah. ready, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know how to channel it, yeah, but like you, you have to. Um, you kind of draw on like all the strength that you have in that moment and like what your parents are there for, like yeah. all this stuff that you kind of just, it's like alchemy. You just it transform is. it into fuel you can use and then you let it go. It's uh, it's one of my favorite words, literally on my profile for like the last whatever decade. I don't know. <laughs> like I love alchemy. <laughs> um, it's true. I, I the, the idea of, we can take anything and turn it into something, especially when we channel that energy um, and uh, even more powerful when, you know, we're using our purpose or, or at least it, tapping into that. What we don't even know is happening inside and we're getting to know that human or that soul, I should say, really. Uh, and then we channel that um, incredible. And um, what have been some moments? What have been some great learning lesson moments in winning and losing and within the Olympics that have have really shaped your character along the way oh man yeah right i know those are big <laughs> ones those are big ones i know <laughs> you know that is real big how much time do we have we got we got a while we got a little while <laughs> no but i will say i will say this what a lot of people don't realize about 2016 mm -hmm. was that i lost every single competition in the lead up to the olympic games like every single one and it wasn't until I got to the Olympic Games that I used all the information I got for all the different ways that I figured out how to lose <laughs> and turn that into a win when it mattered. And I think for me, that really was evidence that honestly, there's really no such thing as like good or bad. It just is. And assume that it's happening in order to usher you into some fuller version of yourself. And maybe you don't know exactly what that is. But I call it dope human being training because I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. And I just look back on it and I'm like, yeah, it hurt. I wouldn't wish it on anybody else, but I wouldn't be as dope as I am right now had it not been for that experience and what I became because of it. So even in terms of games and meets and competitions where you lose, sure it sucks in the moment and i hate to lose like i'm gonna be pissed about it for at least 24 hours but then i'm gonna look back and say okay why did this happen yep. like what was my mindset how can i make sure that this doesn't happen in this way again you obviously can't guarantee that i'll never lose again but i can make sure i don't lose that specific way again and that in and of itself is victory because that's information yes. you would not have had before I, I love that. And it was literally the last conversation on the last podcast talking about that, you know, this idea of failure and my audience knows this because they probably like Matt, you bring this up, but, <laughs> I, but I, but I love it because it's so true. It's like, it's information you wouldn't have had before <sighs> to say they're going to bat a thousand. I mean, have you known anybody? I mean, Jordan even <laughs> had like a night or two off. I mean, it just happened. Even I mean, although he did show up with the flu and like scored like you know, like sixty three right. or whatever. But 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 yeah, uh, and I like that. Uh, DHBT, dope human being training is what I yeah. took down. But it's, yeah, but it's true. I mean, and um, if we don't watch the tape, I can't. If I don't even have the tape to watch, how can I improve on what I'm 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 doing? So I think that that's so um, unbelievably powerful. And, and, and it was interesting that, you know, you had lost all these races leading up to the Olympics and then crushed the Olympics. And I think that that's the people don't forget about the fourth quarter. And that's mm -hmm. usually where everything is won. Um, and um, in fact, you can really have a rough three quarters that teach you everything to crush it in the fourth quarter. And um, that's life. <laughs> that's you know, absolutely right? 
And nobody is going to even, nobody's going to give you shit about the first three quarters. No. And that, I think we get so caught up in, oh my gosh, what are people going to think about how this is going? And it's like, no one even cares that I have like a one in 30 record from 2016 because I won the Olympics. Like nobody cares about the other 20 something losses and butt kickings that I took that year. And I think we need to hold space for that when we're going for things like, sure, this failure perceived failure sucks in the moment but when it hits when it works nobody's gonna be like yeah but remember that time that you like (laughs) really just messed that up (laughs) it doesn't happen we imagine that that's what happens and it just doesn't happen our minds are the very first our minds and our hearts are like the first relationships we really need to have um and be in tune with you know because our minds can mess with us so unbelievably all over the place. And, and yeah, we think a million things that other people potentially could be thinking and they're not because they have a life and they're trying to figure it all out for themselves. And they're worried about a million things for themselves. And I know we're told that when we're younger, but it really is true. As you get older, you're like, oh, wow. You, you and you could see it because you could see also mm-hmm. sometimes when people project <laughs> and you're like, all right, let's just sit down and talk about what the real problem is, you know. Um, but, um, you know, the mind uh, is an incredible relationship to have uh, with yourself as well as your heart. Um, and I believe that that also helps with discipline. And I want to talk about that because I said at the beginning of the show, discipline is not as bad as we make it out to be i just think that people have they're just not motivated for maybe what things are currently happening for so of course without information Mm -hmm. or tapping into their intuition or their soul on some things and only using a current set of circumstances yeah i could see how discipline would be a pain in the ass (laughs) i could see you'd be like i don't I don't like how things are. You want me to now like go and, you know, ground down in the work over here. If this is what, if this is what work is like over here and I don't like it, how am I ever going to like it over there? And and it's unfortunate because I believe that what people need to see is like, no, when it's really tied to something that resonates with you, it actually becomes fun in a weird way. It kind of becomes motivating. And then, then, and then on top of that, and I'd love to get your take on this. On top of that, there are also times that it's not fun, but at least your purpose is carrying you. Because, yeah, like there are days that I am. I've been training now for a year straight just because I finally got really under nutrition and training. And there are days I am so tired. I mean, I was never not. But like, I mean, I finally got into this like, no, this is a Mm -hmm. lifestyle for the rest of my life. And there are days that I am exhausted and I show up and I finish that hour, hour and a half and I am exhausted. But I'm like, no. We're showing up, you. trainer. Like that's a beautiful part, also of having an accountability partner. That's your trainer <laughs> and your coach and yep, nutritionist. That's important, right? So, um, so two questions to that then: instilling discipline, and then also putting in mechanisms where you know your weaknesses are. See, like yeah. I won't, I wouldn't just. I used to go to the gym when I was in my twenties, but I, all my friends were athletes, and that's when I was in the best shape of my life. But we all grew up, and we went in different directions. Like without them, I know. I wasn't as focused. So it's like mm-hmm. my weakness, I need somebody specifically to be able to look at me and be like, this is what we're working on. And for this month, this, yeah. is, this is how we're shaping you. Uh, having mechanisms put into place be- where your weaknesses are was a game changer for me. So I would love to get your take on all of this. Same. So to your first point, discipline without vision is impossible. Right. Like full stop. Yes, full, <laughs> like, full if stop. You don't, if you don't know why you're, you're doing it, then they're really like discipline is going to be really impossible to pull off. You have to, you have to be able to like zoom out for a moment, see the big picture and then zoom back in. And for me, discipline, the definition of discipline is simply this. Do exactly what is required in this moment. That's it. Don't think about it too much. There's no discussion. There's no negotiation. Do what's required in this moment. And then the next moment, and then the moment after that, you know, that's what it is. And so the vision, the the big goal is important because like you said, I don't wake up motivated every day and people, (laughs) people put too much weight on feeling motivated. Motivation, like all other feelings, 
is temporary and Very. fleeting. <laughs> Very. It is a fuel that burns hot and fast. And as soon as maybe it gets difficult or there's a little bit of adversity, motivation betrays you, flies away off into mm -hmm. the sunset. <laughs> so your discipline takes over at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's because you are really plugged into the vision that you have for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And so I personally don't, discipline is still hard sometimes for me. And I don't really care too much if it's fun or not, or if it like feels aligned on that day, because the vision is what's aligned, right? And so like, we've got all these little micro moments that might feel horrible. Like I had to lose 15 pounds. That was not fun. <laughs> that that calorie count and taking care of the macros and not being able to order takeout and you know watching the beverage cart go by on long flights mm -hmm. and not being able to order the alcohol that I wanted. All of these things were difficult, not fun. But the vision was like more important than all of that discomfort, and that's like where discipline gets really, really honed in. Which leads me to my next point about putting mechanisms in place. Yes. I call that mental hijacking. Oh, I love it. Because the mind is like a little toddler that just found out it had superpowers and it can either destroy the world or save the world. The power is the power though. So you gotta figure out like, how do I guide it? Like, how do I make it work for me? How do I make sure this is on my team and not on opposing teams, right? And so things like, uh, I'll go back to the weight loss example. I just needed to cook my meals in advance and pack my meals for the plane. Because if I didn't have them with me, I can't be trusted to not get the snack box. Mm -hmm. I cannot be trusted to not go stop at Auntie Anne's pretzel or Cinnabon. I know that about me. I can't go to the store and buy the candy and bring it home and say, I'm just gonna eat two. That is not the personality I have. If it's in the house, it's gone in one sitting. I know that about me. And so I make sure it just never gets purchased, right? So you mm -hmm. got to do these kind of things to not set yourself up for failure. On the track, like my events are very technical and there's a lot going on in a short period of time, but I often suffer from paralysis and paralysis by analysis, overthinking so much that I don't do anything right. So in the moment, I give myself one thing, the one thing that maybe links to the other things. And I only focus on that one thing. I basically mentally hijack myself to say, hey, if you get this right knee to parallel on takeoff, that's successful. Don't care what the rest of the jump looks like. But I know that the rest of the jump will be far if I do that one thing right. And so you kind of really need to make sure you're honest about your strengths and your weaknesses and then do whatever you can to reinforce those strengths, but then set yourself up for success to eradicate the weaknesses. Like if you if you snack at 8 p.m. and you don't wanna do that anymore, find something else to do at 8 p.m. Like put something on your schedule, maybe take a walk that keeps you away from your refrigerator. It's okay to do those things. It's okay to hold your own hand and set yourself up for success. It, you're not handicapping yourself, you are making it better for yourself you're hijacking your way to high performance i love it you know thyself <laughs> you mm -hmm. know and and it makes you so honest it makes you mm -hmm. more honest with yourself because you and it allows you to show yourself grace i know you're going to do that thing and i'm not even mm -hmm. blaming you so instead i'm gonna like work something in it or i'm or i'm not gonna purchase this thing or i'm not gonna have it anywhere near me and therefore, we both win. <laughs> both personalities yeah. in me win. Like the one that would have made the mistake, and the one that knows better. And um, and so I and I, I I love that mental hijacking, and it, it's true. Or, or or planning something else in its place and time, um, and not necessarily trying to. Um, I think where people fail is um, they'll hold them. I'm gonna just start holding myself accountable. No, I won't. You know, eat at that at eight o'clock or I won't do that thing anymore. And then eight o'clock rolls around. But the cellular memory inside of them, though, clicks in and it's like, oh, well, oh, well, just this one time. And it's like, that's why you have to like know that. No, it's kind of a dance with your internal to mm -hmm. reshape the memory and the habits 
because technically your body up until that point already knows how it's going to treat and do certain things. So we, yeah. so you really do, like you say, have to hijack your mind yeah. and be like, I'm going to put something else in place because it's the only way I can um, pattern disrupt. Exactly. Right. And it's easier to add something than like to take something away yes. most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first got started getting into nutrition, it was probably about six years ago, five, six years ago. I remember I worked with my first nutritionist and she was like, all we're going to simply do is remove one thing, add one thing each week. That's it. And I'm like, that's easy. And she's like, low barrier. She's like, because what will happen is in eight weeks, you'll have removed eight things and you'll have added eight things. And that's how, um, if you make it difficult, if you make change difficult, you start calculating and adding things too much and, and you overthink it. If you make mm -hmm. very subtle little shifts, you're almost, um, you know, kind of manipulating your habits a little bit, <laughs> like for better, exactly. you know, you know yeah. you're hijacking, right? Um, yeah. So were there times you wanted to quit? All the time. Mm. There was a phase where I would basically announce my retirement <laughs> after each workout and then come back in the morning. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's because it's hard. And, I, and that's another thing that I think people don't allow themselves. Um, allow yourself space to feel bad, to be like, you know what? This is awful because choking that down makes it worse. <laughs> Um, denying the reality that what you're doing is difficult and hard to achieve makes it worse. Like just honor your reality because odds are once you articulate and voice that, the next thing I typically do is like, I, I might announce that I'm quitting, but I ultimately, there's no quit in me. I often wish I would just quit sometimes. Sometimes I hang on to things too long, <laughs> but I know that there's no quit. And so when you know that there's no quitting you, you get real creative about how to make something happen, especially if it's been going, you know, not the way you planned. It's like, it's like NASA, whose motto is failure is not an option, right? So then they've got plan A through Z because quit is not, is not one of the paths that they can take. And that's kind of where I am. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll say I wanna quit. And I might really believe that in that moment, but there's always an answer. There's always an answer to the problem we're facing. And none of us listening have a problem that nobody else on the planet has never had before. Like we are all special and unique, but none of our problems are. Right. And so there is an answer out there and you just need to be relentless in the pursuit of finding it. So sure, announce your quitting, announce your retirement, <laughs> maybe rest for three hours and then get get after it in the morning <laughs> well, you make such a so many great points in the part about um you know being in a position where i can't i can say mm -hmm. it well where, where do we, where is it that i think i'm heading back to like i'm so far gone and in it that i there, i'm not going back there's, <laughs> there's, exactly. nothing, there's nothing to go back to you know, um, just like, you know, in the book, The Alchemist, I mean, it's like, you know, such a clear example. It's like, well, we know where we came from. I'm not really going back. Like, there's nothing really to go back to. And we've, we grow so much in the process. So, but yeah, right. we, we have our moments. And I, thank you for that, that humility of like, yeah, there's times I definitely want to quit. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's only hard because we learn so many new layers of ourselves there's the growth of ourselves and there's the growth of who we are in relation to the world there's a growth of how we interact with the world as we're growing and i think that there's sometimes it's you know grace is a such grace is such a beautiful thing and it's it's tough you know and we have to meet people where they're at and in, in dealing with the outside world because even though we're trying to achieve great things with ourselves we still exist in this world and we still coexist in this world and we still create impact and there's just so there's so many inputs along the way and it's a constant management of like mind body and soul you know constant um let's talk about writing let's talk about you authoring Okay. okay. What brought that about? I would love to know, you know, what, what, why did you feel called to do it? Um, what was the calling? Um, and um, where is it going? So I've always been a writer yes. um, because 
people find it hard to believe, but I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk that much. I'm like the listener of the group and I absolutely hate like confrontation. So whenever I've felt something strongly since a child, I would just write about it. Like I would write my parents' letters about how they upset me and then slide it under their door. And kind of just <laughs> I did the same thing. Hunker, <laughs> hunker in my room and kind of wait for the conversation <laughs> to come to me right. because I couldn't, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable asserting myself in that way. And then that developed into a blog where, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't post regularly. So it's like, I don't post every Tuesday at 3 p.m. But when, but you know that when shit goes down in America or in track and field, I'm writing about it. Like I will, that's how I express myself. And so that has always been a part of me, even before I was an athlete. And so I started, you know, do that and continue to write. But then I was just looking back on my life because, you know, part of like having a meditation practice, reflection comes up and going to therapy, which I am a huge proponent for. I love that. And like all the work that I do with life coaches and high performance coaching and even just the the mental state that I need to be in to both be all in in a competition and yet not attached to the outcome requires so much like so much inner work that. I was like, I I need to like write how I got here, the the path to this this person. And I'd gone through so much in my life, none of which is special or unique, with the exception of the nine medals, right? And I think that's what makes the story pretty cool. Is that I had all of this going on away from the track, and still won these nine global championship medals, and still was able to get to this place happy and healthy and free and that deserved to be shared i felt and so that's why i put it put it down on paper it turns out though i wrote it for me because when i closed it i experienced a level of healing i didn't know i needed having processed a lot of things that had happened throughout my life and now that people now that the book is in hands and people are reading it i'm hearing how they're looking at their own life um and it just you know, it just felt like a labor of love and an act of service, which is basically one of my love languages. Uh, so it felt very aligned to not only write this story for myself, but to share it with others. So I think that I will always, I know that I will always be a writer and I probably will write even more in the future. I love it. Uh, very aligned with you. I remember as a child doing the same thing to my <laughs> my parents. Um, you know, I actually... I struggled with the identity of being an author and a writer. Um, I did it since I was a child and I did it behind the scenes. I did it when I was, you know, I've always been in tech and digital and internet and working with amazing brands and doing all the behind the scenes stuff. And it wasn't until eight years ago, uh, life changes and you know, and I was like, that's it. I have something to say. (laughs) And Oh, did I? Between a <laughs> blog and eight to nine Instagram posts a day, eight years ago before the whole wow, influencers yeah. and algorithm changes, all that. So I'm I'm kind of fortunate to be part of the pre yeah. kind of weirdness. weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, and you're right. It was so healing. But I did struggle at first with people like, oh, you're a writer, you're an author. I'm like, I am in business. I am in this. I am in brand. I like create this. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm an author and I'm a writer. 100%. And I will podcast for the last six years. I love it. Um, but you're right. It's very healing. Um, and it's very introspective. And I get you, by the way, when you said, you know, introvert. It, uh, I, th- I think we're also called social, social introverts. Totally mm-hmm. cool with the outside world for a minute (laughs) but i love my peace that i have cultivated in my home my small circle who's all working on themselves they all they all we all hold each other accountable we're all you know like okay okay you know we help each other grow not stay where we're at and um but yeah so i felt you on that uh um did you uh so, and I was gonna say, did you ever, you know, did you ever struggle with identity at all? Because it's like sometimes, you know, the world says, oh no, you're just an Olympian. Yeah. You're, you're, you're Olympian or, yes. oh, you're just uh, this, you're just that. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah. we're, we're more than one thing our, throughout our whole life. Exactly. 
And I have always had a problem with this because, you know, I've got a few things going for me, like black female athlete, molecular microbiology major in college. Incredible. (laughs) Florida real estate license. Like (laughs) there's a lot going on over here. And yet, you know, I got I get slapped with the just an athlete label, the shut up and dribble label far too often. And it's, it's kind of blown up over the last year or so you know with everything happening in the country but it's just like i have never been just an athlete for me um and athletics was always a means to an end like we discussed at the beginning of our conversation but then at some point i bought into the lie that this was who i was Mm. because now i started to sign nike contracts and now there was a dollar sign connected to my you know performance as an athlete Mm. and now i'm tying self-worth to sponsorship deals and like now this is who I am right and so I went down that rabbit hole for a long time and I think it took it it made me suicidal and all these things happened because I bought the lie that I was just one thing and the problem with just being an athlete is that's not a guaranteed that's a job Mm -hmm. you can sprain your ankle and then who are you And so I realized the importance of needing to be able to answer that question, that track and field is what I do. It's not who I am. And a lot of us know that, but we don't do anything about it. We don't nurture and nourish the other things that we are, or we don't show anybody the other sides. And so then we, you know, are complicit in the box that they put us in. And I've been opting out and rebelling against that for I would say like actively for the last four years Mm -hmm. just like and now and now I think most people who I only recently was active on Instagram in 2017 I remember I had like 3,300 followers and I was like oh my god 3,000 people know me (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing um but because I have been like no, no, I practice yoga. I do this. I do that. This is like who I am. Oh yeah. I got to go to practice. This is my workout there. You know, I've been able to grow that audience by 90,000 in a couple of years, just by being all of me because I'm more than a performance and a medal. And it's really cool. But what about the context? Yes. Like, sure. You're in like the tech industry, but how much cooler is that for me to know about you knowing everything else you're into? Like that is where our power is, Mm -hmm. is in being these complex individuals. And you never know who's listening, Mm -hmm. who needs to know, like, if there's a path for them. But if I only step on any stage, like, yeah, I'm Tiana the Olympian. Like, I've lost 99% of the population because only 1% of us are Olympians. (laughs) If that. Uh, Yeah. So just be human. So, so well put. And, And yeah, um. Yeah, it was interesting because like, um, well, and I stepped on the scene not doing the um, the internet and the digital side of me. It was all like, it was the art and the writing and the commerce and the this and the, like just talking about all these things. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. That's what actually really, really grew it. Um, and uh, there's so many really great points in there is that I started unchecking the boxes nine years ago and I wanted to have an open dialogue with the world that, you know, cause I had, and I've said this several times and I know it's very tricky. So I'm, I try to be very balanced about it. Cause people were like, like, especially last year initially, like, Oh, with platforms as big as you are, I'm surprised you're not in the conversation. I'm like, the issue I have is I've been in the conversation for nearly a decade. I had said a long time ago that we must understand our own selves and be able to lead by example. Of course there's shit going on. <laughs> I was like, it's been for a long time. I was like, mm-hmm. but how we show up and show how unchecked boxes look and that we can be more than one thing, you know, um, in that, you know, we can, um, we're not defined by any one thing and that um, this is what I do for health and this is what I do for, you know, um, all of the the ventures in the business and this is what i do for my personal life and this is what i do for training all of these things we encompass mm-hmm. um then i feel like i'm leading by example um not by limitation in any way shape or form everybody anywhere somewhere has some form of limitations that easily can be 
they can get it some more than others others absolutely you know and especially like friends that i have that came from foreign third world countries and to watch what they have done uh, has been amazing you know it's like and some yeah. of the happiest actually <laughs> it's been the most Im- 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 amazing to watch but um i so i love what you're saying and of course that's going to grow online what you did because people are like oh wow like here's somebody who's just being their whole authentic self and that's all really and pretty much everybody for the most part wants the same things you know yeah. this, this freedom to just be and 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 yeah. all of who they really are whether they've started that relationship yet or not <laughs> you know so right. it's incredible that you do that yeah. And and it gives the more you or I are that way yes. out loud, boldly, it gives somebody else permission to do it. And even though you don't need our permission, let me just clear that up right now. You don't Amen. need anyone's permission but your own. It is sometimes that last little, you know what, I'm going to step out as myself today because there are other people um, out there doing the same. I wanted to say, you know, like I view society kind of like a college track team. Track and field is an individual sport, but in college, those individual performances, those personal high performances get added up together and collectively determine whether your team wins. And so my role as a member of that team is to get to my personal best. And as long as I am on that journey and on that path, I am contributing to the team as a whole. It doesn't like me just wishing for a different team or a better reality for my team is pointless. I need to get my ass to the track, make sure I'm eating properly, make sure I'm recovering properly. And that is the best way to contribute. I have always said, take care of you. Take care of you. Like mind your business, basically. Mind your business first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll all be better off. Yeah, for sure. A better a better us is a better world. A better version of me pours out always into the rest of the world. How could it not? (laughs) Exactly. Like common sense. Like you don't need to worry about what's going on over here. If there is very real practical things that you can change and control about yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people might think that that's oversimplified, but it's like the more you take, you can't pour from an, from an empty cup anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you're not doing anybody any favors, you know, with picket signs and stuff when you need, when you have work to do yes. right here. Yeah. Yeah. The The best way to show people it's wrong is to show people it's wrong. <laughs> it's to like, is to embody a greater version of you um, and exude that work and yeah. and lead by example. And man, if we could, you know, and all of us doing that, that's a great analogy what you said, like on the team, if we're all showing up, it, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan relied on Scottie Pippen, I mean, to show mm-hmm. up, you know, and he's like, did he have some off dates? Yes, you know, they yeah. got, they won game seven championship game, they lost half their games. <laughs> you know? yeah. I think sometimes people forget that, but I'm like, you realize they lost 50% of the games, right? They're like, they did. Yeah. I'm like, yes. Or they lost a lot of track meets before winning in the Olympics, right? Yeah. And so I think- And that leads me, oh, sorry. No, please, no, no, go, no. You got to run, go. That, go that, that leads me to, the, to another point that I want people to understand. Like sometimes your personal best is the best, yeah. but sometimes it's not. But if you reached your personal best, did you lose? Is that a failure? I mean, if I jump a personal best and win gold, that is amazing. My personal best just happened to be the best on that day. Mm. But if I jump a personal best and get fourth, isn't that the same? So <laughs> true. <laughs> that's, so, that's true, right? Like, oh, it just happened to be that day. And then you crush that on another day with the right people and get forth, you know, um, yeah. that's a great outlook because it's like, no, I actually cried. I might've gotten the gold over here, but I, but I beat that. Um, yeah. Thus proving that the only person we're ever going to be in competition with really is ourselves. E- even though yeah. obviously yes, in sports, you know, <laughs> you are yeah. racing against others, of course. Um, but you're really also racing with yourself. And I think that that's, a, right. you know, massively because you can't control how anybody else is going to show up on any given day so really it right. is all about what you produce and then you see what happens 
I constantly love using sports as an analogy for life <laughs> and for, yeah. you know, partnerships and relationships and all these things. It's like, um, but uh, yeah, you're right, because you can never control ever anybody else ever. I mean, there right. are some people who try, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not working. It'll never work. But um, we can control how we show up. And that is the most powerful thing. And then, and, and, uh, and it also reduces a lot of friction and a lot of boundaries and a lot of um, validations and acceptance and all of the things that we think that we need to move. And we don't, we really don't need those things. Um, you know, we just right. need the, our own, our, again, our own relationship with ourselves. you know. Um, what amazing things do you have coming up? So you are, so Monday you're leaving for trials. Yes, the Olympic trials is coming up and I'm just really proud of myself and my team for even getting me back to this point with all, you know, training in a pandemic with no track and no gym and health issues and all these things. So I'm really proud of that. So looking forward to that. And, you know, the, the, the book has been birthed into the world. So I guess I'm both excited and terrified about the life that, that, that my memoir takes on, um, and, you know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Like like I mentioned at the beginning, I kind of just, you know, do what's required in the moment. And then when the door flies open, I run through. And I just want to remain open to the possibilities. And I think that has served me really well. I don't say yes to everything, but I, I say maybe to most things so that I can look into it and, you know, see, just see where it will take me. Be curious. I have been very much... Uh, curious about my own capabilities right. uh, and questioning what I what else I can do and what I'm capable of and I just want to keep that going what um incredible where where the where are the Olympic trials going to be yeah so we're at the storied Hayward Field in Eugene okay. so brand new yeah. track and field stadium actually will be on NBC you'll probably hear all about it uh, over the next two weeks <laughs> um, because that is how we select our team it is very much like the hunger games like last person standing makes it <laughs> um, do or die show up on the day yeah. or else or you're staying home so we've had it where the world record holder had to stay home because she didn't put together her best performance on that day so wow. really intense competition uh, so yeah that's pretty much i'm tunnel vision for not necessarily for the competition but for preparing myself and my mind to just execute what I need to in the moment yeah. so that's kind of um that's kind of where athletes get a little jumbled they make it they make the moment mean so much when physics doesn't actually care about what it means to you it just needs you to execute the stuff that you practice and as and with all this mental hijacking that I do, it's going to as as much as it's going to feel like a big event, it will be another day at the track for me because of all the work that we've done. What, and that's what I'm preparing for. What's the what day and time will the uh, will you be running? I'm just I'm just trying to get into meditative channel mode for the rest of us yeah. <laughs> that are are, are so, team Tiana, you know. <laughs> so I will be running the 100 meter dash Friday, mm -hmm. June 18th. Um, that's the first round, and then the semifinal and the final are on Saturday the 19th. So like by the 19th at 7 p.m., we're gonna know does she stay or does she go. <laughs> Okay. So it's a 24 yeah. hour channel of <laughs> meditation mm -hmm. and prayer. Got it. Got Keep it. Keep that channel open. <laughs> Keep the channel open. Amen. Keep it open. That's incredible. And then the book, where can everybody get the book? Yeah, it's available on Amazon um, and other online retailers right now. So just type in, you probably just type in my name or the book's title is called Survive and Advance. Mm. I'm taking note. <laughs> Incredible. Survive in advance. So for everybody listening, you know, you guys, uh, Tiana Bartoletta, right? Did I say that right? I just want to make sure. Yeah. I always, I, mm -hmm. I've, it's a big thing that I honor everybody with their name. I, I just, it's a, always been a thing since uh, I had very um, random fact for the audience, but I, my, my parents had traveled the world because uh, my father was in the military, uh, <laughs> the least military type of person you would ever know. <laughs> God rest his soul. And uh, uh, yeah, he was one of my best friends and mentors and he passed away a year and a half ago. And um, uh, But 
um, they were always so inclusive and so um, like loving of like the world at large. And I feel like mm -hmm. maybe that's where I got it from. And they'd always be like, always address people, um, you know, by their names. And if you get it wrong, never be afraid to ask, you know, get it, yes. you know, get it right. Like you, you always want to like raise them, right? Like raise them up, like, yes. you know? And so it's funny, even when I was in an international MBA school and you'd always get, um, especially my friends from India and, um, in Asia, they would be uh, uh, China and uh, in Japan, they would you know sometimes like oh well, you can just call me this. I'm like no 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 I, I yeah I, I want the I'm full the name same. no I want the full name uh, especially right as an Olympian you're you're around the world's athletes you're like no I I want to honor you uh, both as a uh, uh, in battle <laughs> and as mm -hmm. an Olympian Olympian and just a, a neighbor in this world you know so yeah uh, incredible um, well I also say to everybody uh, that comes on the show it's a journey driven podcast. So you're welcome back on anytime. And I would love uh, for you to come back on. I would love for you to talk about uh, maybe this next leg of the journey. We'll take it one step at a time and see what happens after the 18th and 19th. But, um, you know, we need to if we need to document it in several shows because it just keeps going. We can do that, too. I think that would be really exciting. Limited series. Right. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's a journey driven podcast. So it's like to, to say things yeah. are just going to be so finite. <laughs> That's not here. Um, and, but you're welcome back for sure. And we'll, we'll continue to keep talking. And um, I, uh, I really, really just appreciate you taking the time out to, to come on here, especially before heading out for trials. Thank you. I would love to come back because, you know, everything is constantly changing yes. and we're constantly learning something new about ourselves and the world around us. So I'm looking forward to hashing all that out with you again yeah. and again and, and again. again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll make it a, a you know, a, a biannual thing. And like, oh, it's been six months. What's going on? You're like, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Let's check in with Tiana. <laughs> it's, a, it's a check in. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Tiana. I really appreciate it. And for everybody listening. Oh, um, where can they find you on Instagram? Yes, my Instagram name is Tiana, T-I-A. N N A dot Bartoletta B A R T O L E T T A, and Twitter is T I Bartoletta. Ah, but it. even if you spell it wrong, it'll come up. Right, I know it's <laughs> the best part. Right, <laughs> those pesky yeah. algorithms. Uh, incredible. Uh, so everybody um, listening at Tiana T I A N N A dot Bartoletta B A R T. O-L-E-T-T-A. Remember, Tiana.Bartoletta on Insta. Um, I have a really loyal uh, following. They're really amazing people, in my opinion. Uh, so they might reach <laughs> out. They might, you know, support you. Uh, they probably will. They usually do. Um, and everybody, you know, uh, please do show your support. Um, this uh, uh, being dedicated to Olympics and, and just your greater self is a journey that never stops. So we do appreciate your support. And uh, we always, I always say like, like knowing that this thing is actually on, <laughs> you know, I love I lo like the microphone is what I was pointing to for everybody listening. Um, you know, I always appreciate when all of you guys reach back out. Um, you know, you think that um, you can't. Some people do think that they can't. And I'm always so, so grateful and respected respectful when you do because um everything that we do is a two-way street you know um we coexist here and, and we're doing these things at a you know purpose and um it's nice to know how it makes others feel absolutely yeah. you know so so appreciate you thank you for everybody listening please be sure to leave a rating review or just leave me feedback or continue um uh listening it just means so much uh for my amazing guest tiana and for myself meg osman the hustle sold separately we are out We'll